Hi, and welcome to Where the White Coats Come Off. We are Katie and Beth, PAs and doctors of medical science, and we are here to help you get into PA school and then get through PA school. We want to be the two people here for you every day and through every step of the way, your mentors that guide you through this process so that you can finally start living your dream career. We are so excited to meet you and connect with you and help you to finally get into PA school and then get through PA school. Before we get started with today's success story, we just want to drop in and encourage you and lift you up. We know how overwhelming this process can be and just keep going. Every single day, take one step closer to perfecting your application, to strengthening your application so that you can get into PA school. Do you feel overwhelmed or stressed or not sure how to even begin? We totally understand. We get it. We've been there and we've seen so many candidates either delay applying to PA school or run out of time and rush through their application or worse yet, make big mistakes on their CASPA application that cost them an interview. Through our years of teaching at PA programs, we have seen applicants make the same huge mistakes over and over again, and we don't want that to be you. If you dream of becoming a PA, we want to help you achieve that dream. We want to be the two people that are there for you. We want to be your mentors. We want to help you, and without wasting your time, money, or emotional health. You can absolutely become a PA, and there's no such thing as a perfect application. It's all about making sure you don't make the mistakes we've seen and making sure you do the things that make you stand out from the crowds. We will teach you exactly how to do this in our application to acceptance course. Check it out in the show notes or go to go.prepaclinic.com slash course. Again, in the show notes or go.prepaclinic.com slash course. And now let's get to our student success story. We are so excited to have Jennifer Fitzpatrick on the show today. She just got accepted into PA school, and we're just so thrilled and so blessed to have her. Talk to her, and we hope you really get a lot of value out of this. How are you, Jennifer? I'm doing great. How are you? Good. Thank you. Okay, so first question, tell us about you. Tell us about a little bit about your background. So I am, first of all, a very non-traditional student as far as PA school goes, I graduated 10 years ago, actually, from my undergrad program, and I thought this is where I was going to be one day, and 10 years later, you know, it's kind of finally falling into place and happening, which is exciting. I live in very rural Maine with my husband and my three very young kids, and currently I'm working as a wellness coordinator, and prior to that, I was um, an exercise physiologist in cardiac rehab, and that was most of my clinical background as far as like PCE to get into PA school and stuff like that, so I'm big into like sports, so I'm very active, even now with my kids' sports trying to still do some of that for me too when I have time. Um, I've done some coaching, high school coaching, middle school coaching. Yeah, and I think think that's it. Awesome. Awesome. Exciting. So when in your life did you finally decide like, hey, I want to be a PA? I know this has been a long road for you coming. You said you always knew you're going to be here. But when was that pivotal moment that you finally decided PA was right for you? Yeah, and it's interesting um, that it was PA because for a long time when I graduated from my undergrad, for some reason, and I really don't know why, I always had nurse practitioner in my head, and I don't know, I don't know why. Like I knew what a PA was, but I guess I just didn't know at the time the the difference and maybe why I would go one route um, versus another. But I kind of always, I I love to talk to people. I talk to a lot of people I work with and family members and friends who are kind of in the different roles in healthcare, and so. About 
nine or 10 years ago, I just started having these conversations thinking like, okay, this is what I want to do. And I always was like, that's what I want to do, but I just had a baby or, but I just started a new job or there was always like a reason for me not to do it. And probably about three years ago, I finally had a conversation where I was like, all right, if I'm going to do this, I need to do it now. I'm not going to keep putting it off and kind of had a plan for like being done with babies and all of those changes in life and kind of moving on to the next phase. And somebody actually said to me, they were like, you know, maybe by the time you're ready, there'll be a program where you can at least do the didactic portion online. And that's when it really kind of triggered like, okay, I bet I can figure this out if I wanted to. So um, I started just doing the research, talking to a lot more people. And at the time, the Yale PA program online was very new. And so, and I think it was like in their first or second year, but it was like me thinking like, oh, if this program is here now, maybe in a couple of years, there'll be more programs like that. And I never thought that would actually be the program that I went to because like it's Yale and like I'm from Maine and I didn't think that would ever work out. But as it turns out, that's the program that I'm going to. And I just, you know, I had to make the decision and I just like, once I committed, I committed like 150%. And I realized, you know, if I was going to take the next step in my career, it wasn't going to be to be a manager of a wellness department or anything like that. And I missed the clinical piece of it. And it was all like, that's just like, how it kind of all fell together. I mean, really, like, it just kind of fell in my lap, and I was like, all right, here we go. Yeah, so it was almost like everything kind of converged at the right time, and you were ready, and the, the career was ready, the programs around you were ready, so it really does sound like you finally kind of found the time that worked for you. Yes, exactly, and, and I, like, 10 years ago, I would not have been a good PA student, a good PA, like, I mean, my undergrad program was awesome. I learned so much. And even, even, you know, what I did that pertained to that program was awesome. But I think that the past 10 years experience, whether it was professional experience, personal experiences, I think that really is a whole world of difference to me being ready to like go to PA school and be like a, a PA one day. So you touched on it already a little bit, but tell us a little bit more about your healthcare experience and your patient care experience and like what your day-to-day looks like, your day-to-day duties. Yeah. Yeah. So this started out, um, most of my patient care experience was, uh, or the bulk of it anyway, was right out of undergrad when I was a exercise physiologist in cardiac rehab. So that was super fun. I mean, I love that job. And and to be honest, if there was a full-time opportunity for me at the time, I might have never ended up where I am now and even wanted to continue on with what I'm doing now, but it was working with cardiac rehab patients as phase two. So they were out of the hospital starting their rehab of how they were going to basically get back in shape and get healthy and learn how to exercise and eat well. And, and there was a lot of uh, patient education involved with it too, but that was my the start of my shadowing too, PA shadowing. I didn't even know it at the time, but I got to watch cardiac bypass surgeries, heart valve repairs, and then also stress tests and that sort of stuff in like the cardiology department where there was a ton of PAs that I got to talk to. And my job was exercise prescription mostly. So when they started their program, we started them at a certain regimen. And as they progressed through, depending on their condition, you know, you really had to know a lot about their condition, the medications they were on, some medications, you just can't get your heart rate up no matter how hard you exercise, those kinds of things. But that was my primary role, was taking tons and tons and tons of blood pressures for their time there and then exercise prescription through their program. I also finally got a job in a cardiology department where I got to actually do those stress tests and tilt table tests 
lots of EKGs. I did a lot. I, I did everything I could to like slip into these roles where I got to do more and more because I just always wanted to learn more. Sometimes I'd even have like doctors or PAs or nurse practitioners ask me if I wanted to watch, you know, like a procedure or something new that was happening that didn't wasn't common. They'd be like, oh, I don't know if you've seen this before, but you can come check it out. So I always love to do that. I also had a job where I worked nights as it was, I was supposed to be like a receptionist or um, a unit secretary on a cardiopulmonary care unit. And we also worked pretty closely with the ICU, which was close by because it was a really small hospital. And my primary job there was to do the telemetry monitoring for all the inpatients. So every hour I had to print out a strip of their um, telemetry, read it, and then document it. And, and if there was anything abnormal or unusual, I had to contact like the nurse and the doctor. And there was a whole protocol for that. But I actually, I was hesitant to take that job when I did for so many reasons. It was nights and I didn't think I was going to like it, but it was actually a, probably the best job for me just to learn medical terminology and how the healthcare system works. And I did that job for two years before I got the job I have now. And it was, it was awesome. I met so many people who just, you know, I've learned that people who uh, like to teach really like to teach and they seek out, you know, young, young people or people who might be in positions to like be looking for other opportunities. So that was really cool at that, that job too. Even though I got used to nights after about a year, it took a really long time for me to adjust to working nights. So now I'm a, I'm a wellness coordinator and a certified health and wellness coach. And there's a lot more patient education type stuff that goes on and one-on-one health coaching. But we also do uh, what we call biometric screening. So sometimes it's really super simple and it's like a height, weight, and a blood pressure. And then just kind of educating about maybe their BMI or something along those lines. And sometimes we do um, finger sticks that would also give them information about their cholesterol and their triglycerides or A1C or their fasting glucose, and, and of course, educating them about those numbers too. You have incredible experience, and I love how you have taken every single opportunity that walked your way from like shadowing to like, hey, jump in on this surgery. That is phenomenal. It's it's funny because when I, you know, when I got graduated from my undergrad program, I just thought, oh, I, you know, I had my internship in cardiac rehab and then they hired me part-time and I was like, oh, there we go. Like this just worked out perfectly and this is going to be my life. And, you know, they just, you know, it was just so cool to see different opportunities kind of fall into my place that I never would have thought at that point I would have been a health and wellness coach. I didn't even know what that was when I was in college. You know, I thought maybe if anything, I'd be a personal trainer or something along those lines that was really more geared towards what my degree was in. But yeah, here I am. And I mean, like I, all of my steps from undergrad to here, I would I couldn't have predicted, but they just worked out so perfectly. So that's what I'm telling myself about PA school too. Like <laughs> this is the next step. <laughs> and so how did the opportunity to be a health and wellness coach come up? Where I was working in cardiac rehab, it was there was a director who she was also the director of the employee wellness department at the hospital that I worked in, and they had I think at the time three health coaches or, or health and wellness coaches, and at the time they were also just doing like lunch and learns and um, very. It was not anything like it is today. And there was one other part-time exercise physiologist who worked there too. And he started telling me about this. He was like, you know, if, you, if you're into wellness, you know, and you, you know, there's probably going to be a better opportunity for full-time if you go into the wellness department than cardiac rehab. Because the only full-time exercise physiologist was like 40. And she kept saying, you know, like, 
I'm not going anywhere for 20 years. So you might, you know, like if you're cool with part-time, that's good. But if you want full-time, you know, I'm just giving you a heads up. So I started thinking about it and it sounded pretty cool. And he told me that there was like a coupon code or something to get certified. It was a really expensive certification. I think it was like $1,800 or something, but there was a coupon code for like $500 off. And so I thought, what the heck, let me just do it. It's a certification if nothing else. So I started doing it and just like a month before the program was over, full-time position opened. Just randomly, one of the people that were there left. And so I just applied for it and I got it and it was a full-time job that wasn't nights and it was something new and something different and I really was into wellness so I thought it was a good um, a good opportunity and it, it started out great but the position has evolved and I've even been like part of like the evolution of where the department and all the different programs that we do and the way we do wellness coaching and biometric screenings. It's been cool to be like one of the original people in the department too. It's grown a lot since then. That's amazing. What an incredible opportunity. It sounds like, Jennifer, you are a lifelong learner. So you've been seeking out all these different opportunities. And I think it's really interesting that those people tend to gravitate towards the PA profession because it is something, you know, medicine is something that's always changing. Pharmacology is always changing. Our testing is improving. Our diagnosis is improving. So it's so amazing how, you know, those type of people seem to gravitate towards the PA community because it's one of those degrees where you always are learning. I agree. That's definitely one of the things that is, you know, intrigued me. Like when I started thinking about what my next step was, you know, it wasn't like this was going to be a boring option. It's like, I'm never going to be bored as a PA. So I think this is, this is what I'm going to go for. Yeah. That's awesome. So it sounds like you had great shadowing. You had great patient care and healthcare experience. So when we're talking about your application, you know, we review applications holistically. We look at the whole um, student Is there any area of your application that you thought was maybe a little bit weaker and then kind of what you felt about that or what you wished you had done in the past? I would say, and I don't know if this is just me being that non-traditional student where I've been out of the academia for so long, um, but I think probably the weakest part of my, my application was like my transcript. And I don't mean that I was a bad student, but like I didn't get like all A's. They were like all A's and B's. And even I think there was like two or three, I think there was two C's that were um, that were on there. And they were all, the, I think all the C's were from my freshman year. So, um, you know, I felt like I needed to explain that in the like optional statement that I had on my CASPA application. But really my approach, I mean, I was thinking, Anyways, even before I kind of heard this from other people in this PA community, I was thinking, you know, those grades are 10 years old and I'm not going to worry about them and I can't change them. So my my focus and like what I wanted to do to make my application strong was just really like be me, like, like don't try to be somebody else or try to, you know, take somebody else's, you know, ideas or whatever to why they wanted to be a PA. But I felt like I had a really strong like why. Um, so I really took that to heart and made sure it was a part of my, you know, obviously my personal statement, but all my essays, I took every opportunity to put like the the descriptions on my different experiences and all of the different things that you list out on your application. So that was where, you know, I felt like I could not only shine, but I could just make my voice heard. So like that was how I was going to make my application strong. So I, and, and I'll tell you what, I had so many late nights and so many people that I, or so many times that I, I reviewed and made second and third and fourth drafts of all those essays, but 
was kind of like I wasn't I wasn't clicking submit until I felt like they were perfect and so that was that was what I did yeah I think that really shows your maturity that you said like hey I want this to be my application I'm writing about me and my passions and my why because I think a lot of students they read forums online and they get you know hear everybody else's stories and compare themselves to that so it really shows your maturity that you're like hey I know who I am and I'm not going to make this application something I'm not because you know we do do in-person interviews and so I think that that that's one way we can see if this is truly your application and it really it really rings genuine what is you and your background and your passions and so I just think that's so mature to, to take that and realize that hey I wasn't perfect in the past but I am not going to let that stop me from chasing my dreams because I think that the fear of failing or the fear of not being good enough or the fear of having a couple C's on the transcripts really stops a lot of patients or students excuse me from pushing submit I agree and I thought about it too but I just, you know, like I said, I figured, you know, gosh, that was 10 years ago and I can't, I can't change it. So I'll just focus on what I, what I can change. And I know why I'm doing this. I'm just gonna, you know, basically I said, I'm going to give it to my best shot and it, it was good enough. And how many programs did you apply to? Interesting. I just applied to one program. Awesome. <laughs> It was, that was another reason that, you know, I almost wasn't going to apply this cycle. And it, it's kind of, you know, a little bit of a long backstory, but where I live in Maine, um, even the one program here in Maine, I'm two hours from. And so before I even thought, I even knew about this online or this hybrid program that I'm doing, you know, my husband and I had so many long conversations. And this was like, even after all the long conversations to decide that I was even going to try this, but it's like, we can make this work. And somehow we'll, I'll get like an apartment down there and we'll like, I'll commute down there for like two days and come home on Wednesday nights and whatever I was thinking, you know, so I could like be home with the family and do school stuff, figure out how I could study in like podcasts or something in the car, listening to lectures in the car. And then what it really came down to was, um, I was like, I almost felt like I was a little bit last minute applying and not so much applying in general, but like I was thinking because I have a really, my youngest baby is 17 months old. And so my original thought was I was going to wait and apply next cycle. And then I got to thinking about it. I'm like, there's no reason why I can't apply this year. And it, it could even be like a practice year. And I was really, truly thinking this was my practice year. And if it happened to happen, but I was going to just... I would apply next year if I didn't get in. And so I was like, you know what? I'm just, the hybrid program would work out so much better for my family. And I also really liked it because clinicals happen in your community. And so like, that's where you'll eventually be working. And um, there are so many, even just hearing the people from that program, I just like, they, it was, that was a good fit. Like I knew it was going to be a good fit for me. So I, I just applied to one program and then I, I got in. So I know that's not the norm and it's even probably not something everybody should consider doing, but it, it worked out that way for me. That's amazing. We are so happy for you, especially because it keeps your family together during what's going to be probably one of the most stressful times of your life. So you still get to have your family dynamics while still chasing after your dream. And that's that's incredible. So what surprised you the most in the PA application process? You talked about this was supposed to be your practice year and so you can figure everything out. So what do you think kind of was the most surprising or what sort of tips would you have for people in your position um, that are thinking about applying this year? I think that the, probably the most surprising part was just how detailed and in-depth and how much information 
comprehensively how much you need to do to to apply. And once, like I said, I once I made the decision and I committed to this. I mean, I I was staying up late every night reading forums and and Facebook pages and I mean, list, listening to podcasts and just doing. I mean, I, I for me, I needed to learn everything I could about the application process and. Then, you know, as soon as CASPA opened, I made an, actually, I made an account before it opened for this cycle so I could look around and see what it, it looked like and what I needed to do. And, you know, and, and so I felt pretty prepared when it was actually time for me to apply, but I did all that back work. And, I, and when it happened, I was like, oh, my gosh. I said to my husband one day, I'm like, what am I getting into? And I even said, I don't even know if this is worth it. I mean, I'm spending all this time. I had to do a, a prereq, two prereq classes um, at the beginning of this year. And, you know, I was like, am I, is this even worth the time and all this time away from the family, all this stress and everything that was going on with it? And he was like, oh yeah, just, you do it. You said you were going to do it. You just need to finish it out and do it. But I I think my tip would be just, you know, if you're going to do it, take the time to do it and do it 100%, you know, like make sure that essay is final. Make, you know, if you have an experience, don't leave, don't leave the um, explanation or the description box empty put something in there even even if it's a short description or you know I tried to do a description and then like how it would relate to me being a PA you know if it might have been if it wasn't clinical for example maybe what I learned that would be beneficial for um, being a PA and those were all things I I read about and heard from other PA students or people who'd been in my position before so I think that would be my my tip is do it 100% and if you're not going to do it 100% don't hit submit until it is because that I, I honestly I think that's the only thing that probably saved me because I'm I'm sure you know I was comparing myself to like paramedics and all these people who I thought would be great PAs because they had lots of clinical experience and a lot more than me or maybe not necessarily more hours but just more clinical like what they did as far as hands-on with patient. That's excellent advice and then what about any advice for candidates that are in the interview process right now? Oh, yes. I think so. My my interview was um, an MMI interview and it was via Zoom. And I think this program has always done it via Zoom, but I also think a lot of programs this year are doing Zoom anyway. My, my plan was that I wasn't going to even think about an interview until I submitted my application. And then what wound up happening was I submitted and like five days later, I got an invite for an interview. You know, it was like, I submitted the next day I was verified and then the next week I was setting up my interview which was like two weeks later so I tried to prepare and I really you know I was like how do I even prepare for this and I had read once I submitted I started reading about the interview process and preparing myself just to understand what it was even like what the point of the interview was but I did I talked to a lot of people who are healthcare professionals so physicians other PAs or people who I even talked to somebody who was a PA student now and I think they were in their clinical year when I was talking to them and I just I I wanted to have a good understanding of like the behavioral ethical questions that might be asked and so once I realized that's really what the MMI interview is for you know you can't really prepare for that and so I just really wanted to be prepared to answer anything the way I would answer it you know and not like read what somebody else answered about this ethical you know, situation and then try to answer it in the same way. So that's what I did. And they were all, they were all questions like that at my MMI um, interview. And I just answered them as if I was actually the person in that situation. And I guess I did okay. 
Yeah, and a lot of candidates get really nervous about MMIs and, and this, the scenario format just because it can be a little bit stressful and there's no like, sometimes there's no clear cut answer to it. So kudos to you for rocking out your interview. So what are you most excited about your future and where do you see yourself working as a PA right now, even though that could change? Yeah, yeah. So I think my path is going to be like the primary care role as a, as a PA. And I, of course, knew and I've talked to lots of people and even worked with lots of PAs and other specialties. But when I was really thinking about what my next step was like in my career from what I do now and what I wanted to do, it was really like not necessarily doing something different, just doing what I'm doing in a more meaningful or like a bigger scope of practice or, you know, just having at the next level, I guess, is, you know, doing it at the next level. So there's so many times that I talk with people who are diabetics or they have thyroid disease or they might be on, you know, tons and tons of medication and they don't know why they're losing weight. And in some cases, I did know about the medications that they were they were on, or I might have an idea of you know what 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 could help them. In other times, but I maybe couldn't really address it because it was out of my scope of practice. And other times, I would have no idea. I would, you know, I was thinking, "Gosh, I wish I knew this. I wish I knew this." And so that's kind of where I came to the decision, like professionally, that it was kind of getting ready to to take the next step. And then really, like, my passion is preventative medicine. And so, you know, I love cardiology. That's where I, that's where I started this whole thing was in, like, the, with the cardiac stuff. And after a while, I just realized, you know, like, once I'm working with people in cardiac rehab or cardiology or whatever, they've, they're past that prevention point. This is, like, treatment, and they've already got something that we're dealing with. And so the only way I can really stay within that preventative realm is in, primary care. So, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying 100% that's what I'm going to do, but I'm trying to really stick to my guns, even though lots of people are trying to discourage me from primary care, because I know it's a really demanding and long days and stuff like that. But I think, and I hope that's, that's where I end up. So we'll see. Well, your passion is obvious and the need for preventative medicine providers is, is so needed. So you will be a great contribution to our profession. <laughs> What is your number one tip or piece of advice for pre-PA students? I think the best thing I could say is just try to know as much as you can know, whether it's about your, the application process, whether it's about what your why is, the interview process, where you want to go to school, you know, what are the reasons you want to go to those schools. I think that's really important. I've talked to some people who are sort of like on the fence but still applying and you can kind of, you can kind of tell, like, I think that if they were not on the fence, you know, their uh, essays and their why would be a lot stronger and, you know, maybe they just need an extra year or whatever to apply, which is fine. I mean, I thought I was going to be in that position too, but it was, I knew it was a big process and I knew it was a big commitment, even whether it was to the school or to the next level in your career. And so I, I think once once you can find that pivotal moment that you make that commitment 100%, that's going to that's going to be what's going to help you write your personal statement and answer all those essays, but also really be like the driving force. I've heard that the next two and a half years are going to be pretty grueling, so you better know why you're there. All right, and the last question we have, and we ask everybody this, who is Jennifer when the white coat comes off or when your future white coat comes off? <laughs> Good, good question, because I haven't put that white coat on yet. But so, pro, you know, at this point in my life, who I am is a mom. 
like 99.7% of the time. And like I said, I have three young kids and, and I also, I work full time right now and I'm, you know, PA school is going to be even more than full time probably. But when I'm not working, you know, I try to spend time with my kids They're they're so they're little, but they're getting big so fast. So I try not to miss any time with them. And even though it's a, I lose some sleep sometimes with babies and kids that are up, but I'm, I'm also loving this stage of, of motherhood. So I don't want it to be over too fast. Well, thank you so much, Jennifer, for being a guest on our podcast. Your passion, your compassion, your empathy is very apparent. It's very obvious. And we, we think you're a super mom. Uh, for be a super woman, a super person for, for being able to not only go through your career with kids and then also decide to chase your dream of becoming a PA, go through the application process. That is just, it's huge. It's amazing. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much, Jennifer, for sharing your story to help inspire other, you know, healthcare providers and help give them hope. And just, uh, we are so excited for you. We think there are so many amazing things in your future and we cannot wait to see how everything goes. So happy that you found a place that's right for you, that works for you, your family support system. And we can't wait to see what you do with your career as PA. Oh, thank you so much. And thank you for this opportunity. Oh, you're so welcome. It was great to talk to you. We'll keep up with you. And I can't wait to hear how classes are going once you start. Thank you so much for listening to Where the White Coats Come Off. We are Katie and Beth, and we are here to help you through every step of the way of getting into PA school and then getting through PA school. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you at the next episode.